This is Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. Thank you for joining the podcast today. I was planning on doing a podcast about transgenderism, but instead, after an encounter I had yesterday, I wanted to do a podcast on an issue that is burdening me right now and something we all should be engaged in. A few years ago, I was part of a panel discussion in Prague, specifically designed for university students who identified as atheist or agnostic. Of the five Christians on the panel, I was the only woman and I was the only non-theologian. I think I was probably asked to join the panel because they needed a female and I'm an educator. The students could ask the panel questions. Then we'd respond and then students could discuss and debate our responses. Halfway into the meeting, a young man stood and asked us to respond to this statement. Mother Teresa is one of the most wicked people in the world. She is against abortion and brings more children into this world to face suffering and pain. How evil a person to promote human suffering in such a way. I hate her. And you could tell by the look on his face that he really did. There was a collective gasp as the air was sucked out of the room. In your life, have you ever heard anyone say anything bad about Mother Teresa? The panel shuffled feed and shuffled papers, and there was a lot of throat clearing. Finally, after a very long, uncomfortable silence, I asked the young man, Where are you from? He was from Bosnia, and he had watched his parents and his brother killed right in front of him. Only he and his sister, who had been raped, survived. His anger was coming from a deep place of pain. His anger was coming from emptiness. And who could blame him? Not being born probably looked better to him than the suffering and sorrow he had experienced firsthand. I've been chatting on social media with lots of angry Christian young adults. All of them believe that democratic socialism is Christ's way. They believe that socialism is a New Testament principle taught by Jesus and that it's the only right way for America to govern itself. How do self-identified Christian millennials and Gen Zs get it so wrong? It started when evangelical denominations, everything from Southern Baptists to Assemblies of God, decided entertaining children and luring them to church with fun activities and games was more important than training them up in biblical knowledge and Bible truths. Smoke machines, mirror balls, movies, and even a robotic clown to greet kids at the front door all were an attempt to improve church attendance. If the kids are happy, the parents will bring them back, and we need those parents in the pew. When did the role of the church become making kids happy? Instead of that, we should have been teaching kids how to be holy. We've got an angry and misled generation on our hands. Unlike the student in Prague, these American kids are filled with an anger caused by emptiness and longing. They didn't see their parents killed right in front of them, but they did observe an empty and shallow Christianity that put more stock in being hip than being Christ-like. As a result, they're not only angry, 
They're tossed about by every wind of doctrine. They're looking for a cause. They're looking for something to believe in. And because of this, they either become a product of Tim Keller's socialism or John Piper's hyper-Calvinism. They're trying to fill the void modern Christianity has left in them. And these extremes are the soup du jour. You might be thinking they're products of our leftist school system. Okay, but the church should have been training them how to process their culture through scripture and equipping them with a sound and clear Christian worldview of all life and living. You see, the problem is twofold. They don't know the Bible, and what little they do know, they misapply. And that's our fault. As parents and teachers and church members, we should have been more in tune. I know dozens of kids raised in the church who went every Sunday who have turned to homosexuality and believe God doesn't condemn their lifestyle. Even scarier, I know even more kids raised in the church that support that gay lifestyle, believing that God loves the LGBT community and accepts them just the way they are. So yes, we will be held accountable for what is happening. I've always said that an open mind is much like an empty head, ready to be filled with anything. And this generation is nothing if they're not open-minded to everything the left is offering and opposed to all things traditional Christianity has. I was in a long discussion with a young man yesterday on Twitter. His name is Sam. And Sam erupted at a post I made on Twitter. I watched again and again as conservative, clear-thinking evangelicals began to block Sam on the feed. He was horrible to all of us. Sam is white, middle class, born again, and he's against capitalism, Trump, immigration reform, white people, and all things conservative. He used language right out of Tim Keller's playbook. Things like, Jesus was subversive, or individualism is not a biblical principle. Sam, and so many like him, believe in Marxism, something Keller praises in his books. Keller writes several times of his attraction to socialism. In Reason for God, he says he's emotionally drawn to the socially radicalized neo-Marxist critical theory of the Frankfurt School. And in Generous Justice, Keller quotes Gustavo Gutierrez, a Peruvian priest who is one of the founders of liberation theology, a theology so close to truth that its deception is powerful, but false nevertheless. Keller is preaching another gospel, and there is a whole generation of church-going young adults that have no idea how off he actually is. Sam quotes Keller while rebuking me because I said that I believed socialism is evil. Sam says, Marxism isn't built on the notion of envy. It's built on equality. Conservatism, on the other hand, is all about self-sufficiency and pride. Two things that go counter to all of Christ's teaching. I've lived five plus years in communist China, three years in the USSR, and seven years in a democratic socialist nation. Sam doesn't care that I know from personal experience that socialism does not work. He just wants a cause. He wants to feel like he's fighting for something because the status quo has failed him. He's longing for a change, and there are literally thousands out there just like him. 
I hung in there with Sam because I love this generation and I'm so burdened for them. Finally, when I was just about to quit, I asked Sam, Why are you so angry? I think you're looking more for a cause, Sam, than actually looking for truth. I told Sam, I think we're all just groaning, wishing that our world wasn't so broken and wishing that we all could do better. We might not agree on things, Sam, but I believe you want the world to be better, to do better, and I admire you for that. Sam's reply broke my heart. Frankly, Terry, I am angry. I'm angry at the American Evangelical Church right now, but I shouldn't take that out on you. Sam and thousands like him were raised with an anemic Christianity more concerned with entertainment than biblically training these kids. He's angered by a church that would build a $30 million building rather than helping the poor. He's angered that when he needed substance, the church gave him fluff. So he and so many others turned to the new evangelicalism of extremes because at least these guys believed in something and gave them a cause to fight for. Yesterday, Keller posted on Twitter, quote, Christians should look at the energized and emboldened white nationalism movement and its fascist slogans and condemn it full stop. Okay, Tim, I don't know of a single Christian who supports the white nationalist movement or fascism, but thanks for putting that out there. That's something young people can really get behind as they raise their fists in the air. Yeah, stop nationalism. Because we haven't taught kids that we can love God and our country just like we love God and our family. They're not mutually exclusive. In fact, if I love and serve God, I'll actually be a better citizen. But without any biblical foundation and training, these young people are hearing that patriotism is bad, conservative ideology is bad, white guys are bad, capitalism is bad. I plan on doing a blog, hopefully this week, on Tim Keller and how democratic socialism is not a New Testament principle. Remember, the New Testament church didn't pool all their sources together, their resources, and distribute them equally. It's a nuance, but it's a very important one. The New Testament church pulled all their resources at will, voluntarily, and then distributed as there was need. The New Testament also teaches that if someone doesn't work, they don't eat. Check out 2 Thessalonians 3.10. As one brother put it, I'm willing to give some latitude regarding the communal aspects of Christ's church, but that has nothing to do with trying to accomplish what God intended to occur voluntarily among his children as a testimony instead of through a godless governmental system led by men desiring control and power using coercion and confiscatory means. In short, New Testament principles work for those who are following Christ, and they are not a blueprint for government. Capitalism, free enterprise, always benefit the poor through jobs, through resources, and through a strong middle class giving and supporting to those in need. 
My heart is broken. I do believe with God all things are possible. But I admit, often I'm more discouraged by what I see than motivated to pray. We must be interceding for this lost generation and crying out to God to show us how to rescue them from these false and erroneous doctrines. If not, we won't only lose a generation, we'll lose a nation, and we'll lose kids who hungered so much for something to believe in that imbibed radical lies rather than simple truth. So, what is the application or takeaway here? How are we to respond? How do we respond to this generation? Well, first of all, listen. Listen more, react less. If you listen carefully and ask the Lord's guidance, you'll hear the underlying hurt and angst in their message. And remember, they're very angry, and some of that anger will splash out onto you. Secondly, equip yourself. People like me and of my generation assume we all know how things work, and we take that for granted. Well, we just can't do that anymore. The Bible tells us to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks us for the source of the hope that is within us. But I'd like to say we need to be prepared to answer anyone who asks us, how is what you believe biblical? Refresh yourself on why capitalism is good, why individual responsibility is biblical, how rule of law in in a republic such as ours results in human flourishing. If you really care and you really want to be a part of God's redemptive work in the millennial and Gen Z's life, you have to be equipped and informed. Lastly, don't run. Don't cut them off as hopeless. If at all possible, keep the dialogue going. Keep the discussion going and help them ride their ideology out to its final and failing conclusion. Ask questions like, how does that work? Or, have you seen that firsthand? Or how about, do you know anyone personally doing that or saying those things? You've got to have thick skin and tender hearts. Remember, if I hadn't asked that young Bosnian back in Prague a question, we all would have left him at the altar of despair. That's it for today. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll subscribe.